I need on the pull-up bar, like TRX, everything like that. Got, you know, a bunch of plates and dumbbells and stuff. So pretty good setup. That's and then, uh, nice. and then hitting, hitting wise, we go into the cages that we go to and uh, able, it's like, it's a big open cage. So we're able to do like ground balls in there and stuff like that. So oh, it's pretty cool. This is Road to the Show podcast. I'm your host, Danny Prowse, former pro ball player. I've created this platform to provide you with the tools and resources to help you reach your potential. Each episode will feature current and former players and coaches from all levels of the game, sharing with you years of experience, information, advice, insight, and perspective that you won't find anywhere else. Our guest in today's episode is a former first-round draft pick by the Tampa Bay Rays who has 10 years of professional ball under his belt with the Rays, Brewers, and now Mets. Shortstop by trade, but can now play all over the diamond as a utility guy. In this episode, we get to see how his mindset and attitude have taken him all the way from high school first-rounder to knocking on the doors of the big leagues. The true grit, dedication, passion, and respect that he exemplifies towards the game is what every aspiring ball player needs to turn a dream into reality. I'd like to welcome and now let Jake Hager show you the road to the show. Yeah, we have um, uh, a lot of guys out here. So, I, I mean, Johnny Field, uh, Joey Rickard, um, I mean, I mean, obviously Bryce and Chris work out here too. Chris Carter, Tommy Pham. Um, Chris Carter? Drew, uh, Is he still playing? Yeah, he's in Mexico, actually. Oh, dang. I played against that guy my first year in pro ball in 06 when he was with the White Sox. And I think he was just fresh out of high school then. Really? Yeah, and we were like, who is this donkey? This young kid crushing bombs like Frank Thomas. It's Dude, it's not even fair watching him hit. It's stupid. (laughs) So much pop. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of guys out here, man. It's it's a lot of fun. We have a great setup even like during the offseason and everything like that we're able to go out to the new las vegas ballpark stadium and oh, train out there and, and hit on the field which is cool so nice. yeah it's it's been great dude that's that so much yeah. better than the uh because I, I played at cashman when oh, i dude, cashman's so bad that was yeah dump i mean compared to most of the stadiums in the pco you know and then obviously for a triple a standards but um now obviously the aviators have that new stadium i think it's in summerlin right yeah, it's in someone like the perfect area, dude. Literally, nice. um, yeah, it's right next to the practice facility for the Knights. It's next to his big mall, outdoor mall. Like it's literally like prime time spot. Nice. I got a buddy out there. I used to play with in the Jays organization. Now is uh, just with the Nationals. Uh, Th- Eric Thames. Yeah, Thames has been out here. Workouts with yeah. he works out with us too. Yeah, he's a great dude, man. <laughs> he, he cooks, I'm trying to get cooks. him on this podcast too, and he just says like acts like he has you know, too much going on. I said, man, you're just lifting right now and hitting. That's all you're doing. Exactly. You know, he has plenty of time, bro. I'll try and, I'll try and reach out to him for you. Good. But um, he's a, no, he's a good dude. Uh, He, uh, he cracks me up, man. Especially when I got to be with him with the Brewers too. So it was pretty Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Character. That guy is a, he is a character. He's, he's a good dude, but you got a good, a lot of good company out there, man. So yeah, we do. That's That's been great. So let's get started. I know you, I know, you know, I, I, your, your time is valuable. I don't want to waste it. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the call, coming on uh, this uh, interview with uh, road to the show podcast. Um, so thank you for that. Um, Absolutely, man. We, just we, we got time, dude, this is crazy. So I looked up your numbers when we, for your, for your when, are, when are we, st- when are we starting? We starting now? Yeah, we're starting. Whatever it is. Okay. Okay. Like, My bad. 
pretend like you know what this is like the social distancing right so pretend like we're uh in the dugout you know at the aviator state um stadium just chilling um let's do it man but crazy so a little intro to you um and i'll let you kind of take the floor but i wanted to say unreal senior year you had you were Ga- uh, nevada's gatorade player of the year um mm-hmm. 547 batting average with 57 RBIs, 11 bombs, and 28 stolen bags in what? How many games? 30 games? Yeah, I'd say around 30 games, 30, 32 games. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And then you were committed Thank to you, State, right? Arizona State? Yep, committed, yep, committed to Arizona State. So, and uh, all, but, that, um, all that was out the window because uh, you were drafted in the first round by the Tampa Bay Rays in uh, 2011? Correct. Yep, correct. So no, it was, it was crazy, man. I mean, senior year was, it was a lot of fun. We had a really good team. And, uh, um, I mean, I, I remember every, every single moment of that year. Um, unfortunately it ended sooner than I wanted to is a crazy way to lose, um, my last game of my senior year, but overall it was great. And, you know, very fortunate to, you know, be able to get drafted in the first round, which is awesome. So, um, I mean, obviously I couldn't turn that down, you know, I wanted to go to ASU. It would have been, you know, it would have been a great, it would have been, would have been a blast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't turn down that, you know, that offer and just being to being able to say I was a first rounder. You never, you never know. Like that may not have happened if I would have went to college. So um, I'm so glad it took that, you know, took that opportunity and it's been a great career so far. Absolutely. I mean, not many players can say, you know, I was drafting the first round, but you know, at the end of the day, you start, you start your pro career, you know, at 20 or 20 at 18. And I mean, you can always go back to school, but exactly. how many guys can, I mean, a lot can happen from your senior year, graduating high school, going to college and, you know, see what happens. And, and, you know, you could get hurt, could fall to the 30th round. I mean, there's just a lot of variables, exactly. obviously. So it's like, take it, run and get your, you know, your dream started and, you know, school will always be there. You know, so exactly. And that's exactly how I thought about it too. You know, I wanted to get right. I want to get into pro ball right away and get my feet wet and get going. And, you know, it, it worked out for me, you know, it, like I said, it's been a great career. So, um, but unfortunately I had to, you know, go through some injuries, but overall it's been great. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, like, what did you do in high school? So we're going to go way back, obviously to high school, way back, right. For you, you're still young, man. But, um, and then obviously we'll lead up to now, but going back to high school, when you were in high school, what, what did you do? And I'm sure there was a, a plethora of things that you were doing, but what did you do to set yourself apart from everyone else to make yourself one of the select first rounders? I mean, like, how did you put yourself in that position? Oh man. I mean, honestly, dude, like I, I just love to work. I've always been like my, I would love to thank my head coach Nate Selby for this, but he always like my freshman year, he always said, you know, bring your lunch pail to work every day and, and have that attitude that, you know, no matter what, no matter what I'm doing, I'm working, you know, as hard as I possibly can. And, and I took pride to that. And um, I would say like throughout my whole high school career, even if I we'd practice for my team, maybe later that night, I go to the cages at like eight o'clock at night and go and go hit some more. Um, my dad loved to um, work with me. So every, every Sunday when we won't have practice, I would go, my coach gave me to the, a key to the field and just go, my dad would hit me ground balls. He'd throw to me in the cage and we just work on different things. I'll run some poles. Like I'll just, I'll do whatever I can to do that extra work. And 
So that's what I feel like kind of separated me through high school um, is because I always had that work ethic and willing to get better each day. So I would say that kind of separated me from a lot of players. You're, you're willing to do put in the work that a lot of guys weren't, weren't doing, um, you know, right. Uh, you know, days and times where other guys were taking some time off. I mean, you were hungry out there trying to get better and, you know, find ways to set yourself apart, like you said. So exactly. Um, so it was, that, I mean, that was your mindset, right? I mean, the whole, the whole time through high school. Oh yeah. The whole time through high school. I mean, one, I mean, like, I mean, I love our baseball program. We were built to win and I wanted to win and do whatever I can to, you know, win for the team and, and be a great teammate. But, um, yeah, man, I, w- I always wanted to get better, but like, especially I was, you know, fortunate to be a fre- uh, freshman on varsity and being with those older guys. Like I wanted to make sure that, you know, I could, you know, be right there with them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And even like going, even like growing up in club ball and stuff like that, I always kind of played up and, and, uh, age wise. So I always wanted to compete and be at the higher level. And I feel, yeah, that's so throughout high school, I just wanted to make sure that I could be the best I could possibly can. And especially my senior year, when I realized that I could possibly get drafted, the work ethic grew even more. Mm-hmm. And, and one, and people were saying I could possibly be a first rounder or like people were saying I'd be a second rounder, or whatever. Um, I wanted to be the first rounder. So I did whatever I possibly could to, to make that come true. And unfortunately it happened, which was awesome. That's awesome. Well, congrats on that brother. So going from high school to pro ball, what would you say was the biggest eye opener and transition that you realized you had to make, you know, you know, every kid coming out of high school uh, to pro ball, whether you're first round or not, I mean, thinks, Hey man. Yeah. Oh yeah, no uh, doubt. Dude, was, I mean, there was a lot of things. Best, man. I, best guy in my <laughs> my town. So, dude, dude, you know, there was a lot of things. I mean, I remember I got drafted, signed the papers, blah blah blah, and they said, "All right, you're going to go to Princeton, West Virginia," and I had no idea where Princeton, West Virginia was. I never, and I've been <laughs> that far away from. <laughs> I've been that far away from home. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. No, um, and of course, my mom is you know upset that I'm leaving, but she's super excited for me. I like the first time I kind of really left my parents. Uh, which was which was tough, but um, once I got out there and just seeing guys, you know, doing like old being around older guys doing their thing, um, I guess like the biggest eye opener was I had to like really learn how to grow off the field, meaning like doing my laundry, like making, <laughs> making you know, like like you know what I mean, like the little yeah. things that you don't have to worry about, you know, as a as a high yeah, school yeah. kid sometimes. But uh, no, I say the biggest adjustment though was probably, you know, just the game speed of how fast the game changes, you know? Um, and especially at each level, like going from rookie ball all the way up to triple A, like the game speeds up and, and you know that, like, it's just like, um, um, so and I think that was the biggest adjustment. Up, speeds up in which way? Like, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, might not. I mean, what do you, yeah. so, I, I think, yeah, the game, the game speeds up, meaning like the, te- the tempo of the game, it's, it's, you know, um, when you're seeing velocity from every pitcher that's out there, um, balls are hit harder. Um, you have to make quicker reactions. You have to make quicker decisions mm-hmm. and certain things. Guys are a lot faster. Guys are, you know, just the same talent as you or even better. So like you have mm-hmm. to be on your toes. You have to be ready for, you know, like certain, you know, there's times during high school games, you got guys that, you know, throwing, you know, 80 miles an hour, 
yeah, just flipping it in there, you know, but then you know, once you get into pro ball, like, you're seeing live arms every single day, you know, 90, 95 and above. And you just got to be ready for that. And then, yeah, especially like when I, my rookie, rookie season, when my first game at short, like just like how, how much faster it was like, no, like maybe like a, a back end play, normally I kind of have some time or, you know, I can read it better and just be easy with it. But then there's times where all right, I really need to get rid of this and stuff like that and just be quicker and don't have that much time, not much thinking, you know, just a lot of his reaction. Yeah. How did, how did you make that adjustment? I'm sure you had to make that adjustment quick, not only figuring out how to make meals and, you know, do things, do your own laundry on your own. Right. But also <laughs> yeah. adjusting to the, uh, the speed of the game. Like, so yeah, the biggest, the biggest thing for me was when I was with the Rays, I was very like the coaching staff was great. And so we, and we always had like early work. We always had extra work and everything like that. So like we do, a bunch of different drills to kind of like have like game simulations like that. And then one, and then I think it's more just repetition. So being a pro ball, you get to play every single day, which is great. So I think over time, as the season went on, you got in your groove and you started to figure it out. And um, I think that's what the biggest thing is. If I just keep playing and playing and playing, you play so many games. So by that time you can't, you get used to that and that's how you get better at it, you know, adjusting to the game. And um, yeah, I think I would say that's mostly, mostly it right there is by just playing every single day. For sure. Just being able to bring it back in and kind of slow it down, um, for yourself in a way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, but then, yeah, like mentally being able to, um, focus on the task at hand and being able to slow the game down and just being in the moment and just not worrying about things around you, not worrying about the crowd, just trying to do your best to slow the game down each pitch, you know? Yeah. So that's what I learned a lot throughout my career for sure. Sure. Now, what about what kind of advice do you have for players coming out of high school to going to pro ball um, that are pretty talented players, pretty special guys. And just knowing, you know, what, you know, what you've been through your experiences. um, What are some advice that you have for those guys that, you know, top of their class, you know, big time players and now going to pro ball, um, Mm -hmm some things that, you know, from that transition that you experienced, what are some things that you possibly have to say for them? Um, man, but the biggest thing for me would be is, is you worked hard to get where you're at. So don't stop that. And I going back to the work ethic thing is just like, keep, keep your mind right and stay focused and keep the same work ethic that you would have. Um, I think I've seen a lot of guys come into pro ball and they're so talented, but they just, they don't put the work in and then it shows on the field you know, and then all of a sudden it gets in their head. So I think, I think a big key is to continue that work ethic, but then also grow, grow a lot more up in the, up in the head, in the mind and be able to control, control the emotions. I think that's the biggest key in baseball is being able to accept the failure and accept that you may be, you know, hitting under 250 or, but you're like, you're not going to be hitting 500 like you are in high school. It's, you know, <laughs> it's just not, it's not, it's just not uh, going to happen. You're going to, uh, you're going to, you're going to, yeah, you're going to fail way more than you succeed in this game and being able to flush it, um, you know, within five minutes after the game, you're going to be better off. So I, I think the biggest, biggest like advice is to, is to grow your mind and be able to accept the failure and be able to bounce back quicker than most people. For sure. And, and especially like when it comes to being, 
you know, on offense and defense, if you, if you strike out, can you clear your head and just go focus on defense and, and make the play for your pitcher, you know, and then vice versa, you know what I mean? Vice versa. If you make an error, can you forget about the air, focus on the next play and then the next at bat, try to, you know, focus on your bat, not worry about the play. So I think the biggest key is just, yeah. Um, forgetting, forgetting the past and just focus on the present and, and focus on what's right in front of you, you know? So like you, you hit the nail on the head. Like that's a, I, I would probably have to say it wasn't until like halfway through my career um, in pro ball that I realized how important that was to just be present and play in the present and not worry about what just happened. You know, you know, the previous at bat or the previous play or whatever, and just wash it away and say like every second is a new opportunity to be like, okay, let's go out and, and, and show what we can do and, and be as present. And, and it shows too, being present, like speaks volumes in, in your play, like no, not only you know, what you're doing, but just, and it shows your, your attitude, your body language. Um, so like, I definitely, I mean, like that's, that's great advice. That's like perfect. Um, and that just, that just comes from experience from, you know, from someone like yourself, um, going, let's go into your position. So you're, you're a shortstop, right? You're a shortstop, but you're also utility guy. You're, you're, you're positioned as shortstop, but you can kind of play a little bit of everything. Um, Mm -hmm. what, what would you say as being a shortstop, obviously you're the, the captain of the infield, um, when it comes to communication, what are some right, key right. points that you like to um, let's maybe tell younger players or really emphasize in your game when it comes to that, like communication? Like communication, like for shortstop? Yeah, playing, yeah, playing yeah, yeah, defensively, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, so for me, like I, I take pride in defense. Like that's what I, I love playing defense and I love playing shortstop. And the biggest thing for me is like, each level that I went up, I learned and learned like how to read a swing, how to, I, right, what's he going to do in this count two and oh, is he going to get the head out here? Is he going to pull this ball? What, or is, is this guy throwing 98 and he's getting blown up? How am I going to play him now? So kind of learning like, you know, the game of baseball, how and being able to read certain players and what they're kind of doing and determine the situation. But as being a shortstop, you, like you said, it's the leader of the infield. And for me, like I'm good with communicating and talking with my infielders on, Hey, all right, I'm going to move, I'm going to move two steps to my right here. I think you should move to the line to the third baseman. Or I'd tell my second baseman, Hey, come over this way. I think he's going to pull here. Oh, Hey, he's inside out. Um, I think you should take a couple steps that way and kind of just like make sure you're being the leader of that, of the infield and kind of helping each other out. And then also try like talking in the game, talking your pitcher up guys, you know, he's, just through three straight balls and trying to maybe, maybe go for a mountain visit and talk to him mm-hmm. and, Huge. and things like, you know, things like that, try to just bring the whole like team morale back up, you know? And then even with the outfielders, like obviously they have to do their shifting and everything like that, but talking on fly ball, knowing where the sun's at, the wind, the way things are going, maybe it's like twilight. You can't see the ball in the air, make sure we're all talking when the ball goes up, things like that. So just being able to comp- communicate with everyone on the team, is what's so awesome, I think, being a shortstop. So, like, there's a lot of guys that play short that don't aren't very vocal, but there's you know there's so talented they just they can play shortstop. But I think a huge key for short is being able to be that leader of the infield and taking control and and doing whatever you can to help that team win. It's because I mean that short like you're everywhere, man. 
like you're yeah. your every cut your every cut off like you're you're a big part and that's what's so fun about it so and then growing like going through my whole career like fortunate to be around like a lot of great coaches and great players and learning from them so I took pride in it and even even when, if I'm not playing short stuff every other position try to do the same thing you know mm-hmm. what were some uh players that you uh grew up idolizing and looking up to uh so obviously Jeter Jeter's my idol <laughs> no doubt yeah um but um Tulowitzki um okay I actually he lives out here in Vegas so I've always oh, looked does? up to nice. him yeah I've always looked up to him and um, was able to hit with him a few times and take ground balls and That's cool. pick his brain a little bit. And and his work ethic, man, was is incredible. I've never been able to meet Jeter. It would have been awesome to meet him, but like being able to be around Tulo and see what he goes through and how he, you know, how, the way he thinks is awesome. Yeah. So I learned a lot from him. But then like with the Rays organization, I had a lot of great coaches. Um, and then being around like in big league camp was able to be around Longoria and uh who's an uh, obviously the third baseman but great great mm-hmm. fielder and then being yeah. um like around uh Estrubo Cabrera one year um Escobar one year just like picking their brain about shortstop and um it was awesome so um and then a lot of coaches I got um he had passed away a couple of years ago but Jimmy Hoff he mm-hmm. was our infield coordinator for the Rays and he taught me a lot about, you know, baseball and, and shortstop. And, and I, I would say a lot of my fielding ability is because of him and the hours and hours of early work that we put together with him. <laughs> so yeah. like it was, I can't, I can't thank him enough. So, um, but the, yeah, I would say yeah, definitely obviously dues. like, what's that? No, I was just saying paying your dues and really just putting in the time, putting in the time and kind of some of the things I took away from that was just, you're like a sponge, you know, no matter who you are, when you're, when you get, you know, to an, uh, another level, whether it's college or pro ball or, or going from rookie ball to a ball and, you know, keep moving up, just becoming that sponge and really just soaking it in and kind of putting your pride aside and really just learning as much as you can from all of those that have come before you and know more than you or have more experience and just really taking it all in and, um, you know, putting together what works for you and, and learning. Absolutely. So. No doubt. And that's what, like, I've learned – and I've obviously been around a lot of coaches and a lot of players and I try to just pick their brains of certain things and see what works for me. But like ever, you know, being able to like play up and play with older guys, like I respect them so much and what they've gone through. And, and I love picking their brain because they've been through more than me. You know, yeah. I'm not, I, and I haven't made it. Like I, I want to learn as much as I can and learn as much knowledge as I possibly can from anybody. You know, even younger, even younger guys that have so much talent, like I kind of want to know what, what's going on in your head. Like, what are you feeling with your swing or, or things like that? Mm-hmm. You know, love to learn, learn the game more and more each day. For sure, man. So going from, so you being a utility guy as well, how is it going from, and I see, we see this so, so much now going from shortstop or as an infielder, middle, middle infielder, whatever you, you want to, um, you know, whether you're, whatever you're coming from to outfield, because we see a lot of guys that are athletes like yourself that are talented, that are utility guys that natural infielders that they end up putting in the outfield. So what is, what is that like for you? And what is, what are some of the, the, the things that you've learned going to, let's say the playing the outfield and some of the challenges as well? Yeah. To be honest, man, when I first got, 
put in the outfield, it was, I was really nervous. <laughs> like it was, it's, it's not, Wait, so it's I, not just I, run around and catch the ball. Not that no, easy. It's not man. Especially in, like I had to go to left field, which is, I think the hardest position out of all three, just based off angles and the way that way the ball comes off the bat and stuff like that. But it's not just go and run and catch it. I think that it, it's a definitely a talent. It's for sure. But it's all about practicing, getting the reads and everything like that. Obviously, the ball is high, high up in the air. Yeah, just go catch it. But it's, uh, it's those line drives that are hit at you. It's those top spinners. It's the lefty, the lefty tail. Like, it's being able to read that. That was the most difficult part um, that I had to get used to. But over time, over, like, reps in the outfield during BP – kind of reading those swings and, and, and then especially getting reps in the game it's I've gotten more and more comfortable, but, um, but yeah, left is, I think left is the hardest out of all three. I think right. Uh, I can see the ball off the bat a little bit easier and I kind of know what it's going to do more and center is super easy. I yeah. think because you have the whole field, it's your field. You're the, you're the captain of the, of the outfield and you can see more and you have more range yeah. and stuff, but yeah, no, no doubt, man. It's not just, um, just go out there and catch it, dude. Because there's a lot more. There's a lot more. If you take one, if you take the wrong drop step, you're beat. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to have the right angles and stuff like that. So, what has helped you the most going from, let's say, shortstop, you know, shortstop to left field? What has helped you the most in that transition? Just being a utility guy, obviously, shortstop being your main position, but mm-hmm. um, being able to transition in, um you know, excelling at that. So what is, what has been one of some of the things that you, that have helped you with that? So what's like, what's helped me with like the transition from, yeah, from there to outfield is that shortstop's all about angles too. Like I'm not, I would say I'm pretty quick, but I'm not a burner or anything like that. I don't, I'm not like super fast or anything like that, but I know how to create the right angle to get to a ball to my left or right. So I feel like, especially like in left field, it's learning how to have the right, like I said, have the right drop step, the right angle to that ball um and i think that's like a huge key and especially like pre-pitch timing being able to time the ball into the hitting zone and then reading it from there and just like shortstop you're like you're not like you're being an athlete you're timing it and you're going and you're just reacting so i think being able to have that the angles kind of helped me transition a little bit easier out and left um but um and then yeah just being like i guess when it comes to like throwing and stuff like that that's that was weird because you know a lot of outfielders have a long long arm yeah oh you were that short (laughs) but it honestly it honestly i was talking to quentin barry i don't know if you know that name i played against Uh, that guy for many years when he was at the Phillies. uh, he's the man un unreal player unreal playing unreal he's coaching oh he is okay yeah yeah, he's coaching with the brewers um and i love that dude he uh he's taught me a lot about everything just life in general than stealing bases and everything like mm-hmm. that. He's, he's great. But he was like, dude, don't change. Like, even though like, don't change your arm. He goes, uh, he goes, it's coming out really good. He goes, it's short. It's quick. Like you feel the ball and you get it right to the right to the second. He goes, that's freaking awesome. So like, don't, don't worry about changing the arm angle or anything like that. So I never messed around with that. I just kept, especially because if I'm going to go from you know, the infield to the outfield, I don't want to change much, you know, and so, hurting yourself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You playing a lot of long toss or, or no? Yeah. Yeah. I love long toss. So okay. we've been, we do that about three or four times a week. Nice. And I try to do, I try to do it during season as well uh, with whoever 
wants to do that with me. But um, no, I think, I mean, I like letting it go. So I like getting my arms stronger and I feel like it's one of my strongest tools. So um, nice. yeah, I definitely want to keep that in shape for sure. Definitely. And, and keep it healthy. Exactly. So, so what are some drills, uh, fielding drills that are, that you, I mean, whether it's season off season that you're always doing, maybe from that you've been doing since the very beginning or you've developed through pro ball, some of your favorite drills that you really like. Oh man. Um, I've always loved the knee drill, being on your knees and just using your hands, you know, trying to get your hands as soft as you possibly can using that and then, or doing that. And then also doing that with like the pancake glove. I love like the, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Like the flat, the flat just, glove. Just a, yeah. just a flat. Yeah. Just a flat glove. I love that. And then over the years, man, just little early work stuff, like drills that like are just game-like um, just be putting yourself in a game situation, a certain angle, a certain attack on a backhand um, just like just rolling it or just, or even doing ground balls, whatever, but like putting yourself in those, those tough situations and tough spots. Um, Cause I feel like those happen more than often. Um, but uh, then also like for the off season, we have a great uh, machine that we just like spit, spits out ground balls, like certain types of ground balls and everything like that. So working on short hops, working on coming through with the backhand, working on double plays. So that's a great routine, but I'd say the glove work and then just a little bit of footwork is what I like to, to, to focus on. So Rather, it comes from doing like drop steps or doing a little ball to my left, working on my footwork and coming through the baseball or just rolling a ball right at me and just making sure that my feet keep moving and yeah. I'm never stuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but. So footwork, footwork's huge. Um, you know, you're, you're a quick guy. Um, and I'm sure footwork's played a huge role in um, your career, whether it's stealing bags, getting that, that first step you know, and that angle to whether it's a ground ball, hard hit ball in the hole or a fly ball or something. I mean, footwork's probably huge for you. Um, you know, I'm assuming that you probably do a lot of, you know, footwork drills, some type of speed stuff too, um, whether it's season or off season, right? Like right now you're, I'm sure you're probably still doing some of that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say like, I love just being able to be as quick as I can, right. As I land, I mean, like if say you're in your pre-pitch or whatever, and right as you land, how explosive can you be left and right? Um, and then I love putting myself in like, I don't know, shuffling like to my left. And then all of a sudden that ball takes a weird hop. Can I, can I switch my feet really quick to go get, to go get the ball? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like little sure. drills like that. And then trying to like maneuver the hips differently and try to just feel like, I don't know, just like the body is just, I don't know, I've learned a lot about the body and I feel like I just want to put myself in like crazy positions and make sure my hips are working differently. And my, my footwork is like, I could get to that ball a certain way if I'm stuck in this position, like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah, just absolutely. try, yeah, try to put myself in different spots, but, um, yeah, then like still like stealing bags and stuff like that. Like I always, I'm always working on like that, that first, that first initial jump and that, you know, that push off the back leg and, and really be explosive. And I feel like even doing that with um, infield drills being, like I said before, like the pre-pitch and then just cutting really quick, yeah. you know, to the angle, the angle I need to get to. So, yeah. you know, I know there's a lot of talk out there about, you know, stealing bags and what guys look for. Like, what do you look for when you're going to steal a bag and you're at, let's, you know, let's say you're at first base. You want to steal yeah. I mean, 
from what I've been taught, um, one, like I want to know the time of the pitcher. So I need to know what type, like how quick he is to plate. Is he a one, two, one, three, one, four? Um, I, so I'm not a burner. So if I if first base coach goes, Hey, he's a one, two, I'm going to shut it down. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm chilling. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets that slide but, set too. And you're just like, Oh, yeah, exactly. And he's a one, one and that, no thanks. Yeah. So, um, but no, yeah, I try to figure out a good time and then I look off. So we, before the game, we might know kind of what his hitch is. Like some guys, will come set and do a couple head nods and then go home. Um, some guys will like lean first, then pitch. Um, or sometimes like they hold for three seconds all the time. So you kind of like pick up things like that to get a better jump. So like that guy, if you, if, if this guy's a head nod guy and he's a one, three to the plate, all of a sudden you go off that second nod. He could be a one, five to the plate now. Yeah. So um, try to look, look for little things like that. So for me, um, I want to know if he's doing any of that and I want to know the time and then also the count and who's up and who's up. So for me, I love, I love running and like, you know, um, you know, one, one count, it's a good count for an off speed pitch to be coming here, you know, so try not to run my heater counts, you know, yeah. so, no. but, um, three O is it, I like to run three O cause they're yeah. not worried about me over there. Okay. So for just sure. trying to find, you know, just trying to find little things that, you know, can give me a good jump in and get me a bag. It's just so. finding that advantage too. Like you were saying, you know, like a lot of guys might see younger players might think like, Hey, I'm just trying to find, you know, uh, find whether, whether it's, you know, some type of move in his hip is, you know, his, his heel, whatever it is, you know, his head nod, like you were saying. Um, but I mean, not only are you talking about finding what the pitcher does, but now you're talking about, you know, the situation in the game, who's batting, how many outs are there, um, you know, uh, what the count is. Like, there's so many things that go into becoming a good base runner um, and being mm-hmm. able to just get that advantage. Like you were talking about turning a, you know, a guy that's one, two, one, three to the plate to a one, five, one, six. Yeah, exactly. Possibly. He can find those differences. Um, and so that's just what kind of sets you apart. And then I don't think that just goes for base running. It goes for, I mean, I'm sure shortstop. I was an outfielder, so I can only speak for that. But like even the outfield, knowing, you know, who do we have on the mound? What is he throwing? Uh, you know, is he, is he, is he a guy that's throwing 95 plus or is he kind of, you know, more of an off speed guy who's batting, you know, is he kind of a guy that tends to pull everything? What's the count? Exactly. Who do we have on base? Like all those things kind of play into effect of where we're, you know, where we're going to position ourselves in the field and, and, you know, how we're going to kind of get that, take that advantage and, you know, use it to our, you know, use it to our advantage. Um, so those are some good points right there for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, yeah, same, like going back to that, just, uh, that's huge, man. Knowing what type of, like you said, when you're in the alpha, knowing what type of hitter is up, knowing the count, knowing what's, what's he tending to do. Is he, is he pulling the, is he fouling a ball off down the line four times in a row? Do you think he's really trying to go the other way here? I think, he's yeah, really exactly. Sure, you know, so like, it's just, a, it's just learning the game as the game's going, you know, which is huge. So, and then like even picking those, like those things up with going back to base stealing, like when guys are, have those head nods, like, can you, and then all of a sudden a reliever comes in and you're on the bench. Can you watch like runners on first base? Can you watch him from the dugout? See if he's doing anything like yeah. that, you know, Absolutely. and then relay it to your teammates. So yeah. it's just being, being aware and being into the game, mm-hmm. you know, each moment, which is hard to do. No doubt. Don't get me wrong. It's hard. Oh, especially it's a long when the game, game, but 
in this game, especially yeah. when the game, it's a long game, but the game goes quicker oh. too, you know, from oh. a player standpoint. Player standpoint, exactly. Yeah, so, you know, maybe not some, for someone in the stands, but, you know, players in <laughs> the no, game speed. No um, what do you, for younger players that are really athletic, do you, and guys that are kind of on the fence of, let's say they have a, a club coach, a high school coach, maybe even a college coach um, that's saying like, hey, listen, you might not have any opportunities here at second base or shortstop or whatever, but we, you know, um, we have an opening in, you know, this, you know, third base or left field. Um, what do you have to say regarding players that possibly have some skill um, that have opportunities of becoming like utility players um, or just focusing on like maybe just one position? Um, so, I mean, for me, man, now, like I've gotten to experience both both sides so i obviously i got jobs as a shortstop i moved up the ranks i got to triple a as a shortstop and i love short like don't get me wrong like i was like when i first when i first got told that hey you're not you're gonna be playing second third whatever don't get i was upset i didn't want to move out of my position you know what i mean but it's a it was a blessing in disguise because i think it's huge and so valuable in today's game to be able to play all those positions and it makes it more fun, no doubt. And if you, if you could say you could play all those positions, I think it's great for any, you know, any team in the major leagues would love to have someone like that, you know? Um, so my advice is try not to let that get to you, go ahead and learn this new position. And maybe that might be your calling at that position. Yeah. The dream is to get to the big leagues. The dream is to be there, and and be able to play and help the team win it shouldn't matter where you're playing as long as you're saying hey i'm in the big leagues right now it's like, even if you're playing right field or whatever yeah, it doesn't and you're matter where you're at you're there i i'm in there so i'll do whatever i possibly can to get there and right now my i feel like if i'm were to make it this being a utility player is my my ticket to getting there so yeah. i think it's huge for everyone to try and learn different positions sure. and try and because you know i mean baseball is political like there's a lot of you know they got to get their prospects at short and and the guys that they're paying they got to pay the guys and let them play there so if that's the case you got to just go in there and you know put your head down and work and and be ready for wherever you need to play right and just that opportunity for sure yeah exactly awesome man well then I appreciate you jumping on uh, the call today in this interview. Um, that Absolutely, bro. Us, but um, so you're with the Mets. You were in camp. So you're with the Brewers. You were at the, the Tampa Bay Rays for how many years? Seven years with them. Seven years, and then you went then, to the Milwaukee Brewers for for two years, and then now I'm with the Mets. The yeah. Mets. So you were in you were in camp this year with the Mets, and obviously with this whole COVID pandemic, um, you know, yeah. things on hold. So wish nothing but the best for you and uh, the start of the season and um you know everything moving forward for yourself man thank you so much dan i appreciate it man thank you for having me on here it was a blast man of course man and uh, we'll have to uh stay in touch and uh, see how things go in the future here for you brother absolutely man let's All definitely right. stay in touch awesome man There you guys go. That's it for this episode. If you find this show or particular episode valuable and packed with tons of lessons or helpful in any way, do me a favor and please go share it on social media. If you know any teammates, friends, family that can benefit from the show, 
please don't hesitate and share with them. For more information on the game, go follow me on Instagram at Prowls Performance and YouTube at Prowls Performance for training videos, coaching tips, and much more. So until next time, guys, keep pushing forward and stay hungry and humble.